you bow your heads in prayer? Father, you are faithful and you have promised that your word will not return to you empty but will accomplish in us the purpose for which you give it. Accomplish those purposes this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. It's good to see all of you. It's good to have so many here this morning. Great. We're praising God for that. And Kelly and Richard, you bring them out, man. It's great. Um, you know, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I, we often have, and we did this morning, this morning we called it pre-service music, sometimes we call it a prelude. It's that music that comes before the worship that's meant to give you a moment to come in from out there and to sit down and to begin to focus on God, to begin to get ready for worship. Now, I know there are a couple of opera people, people who go to operas here, probably not many, but you know, before every opera, they have an overture. Overture does the same thing. The composer lays out the various musical themes that are going to show up in the opera. He introduces it. Books have introductions, Right? And depending on what the, the book is, it can be something that sets the stage for the, the story that's to be told or for the topic that's to be discussed. If you were to pick up the Gospel of John, you would discover that the first 18 verses are just like that. The first 18 verses of the Gospel of John are a prologue. He, he lays out his themes, light, creation, truth, Grace, God in flesh and blood, the things that he is going to develop as he tells the story of Jesus in the rest of the book. Well, we have, during the summer, been looking at the prologue that introduces the Bible. We've been looking at the stories from Genesis chapter 1 through 11. We've looked at the creation. We've seen man fall into sin, haven't we? We've, we've watched as the first murder took place in Genesis 4. Last week, we, we looked at the beginning of the story of Noah, at, at God's wholesale judgment on the whole world. Next week, we're going to look at the Tower of Babel. And then we get to the story. All that's introduction to lay the groundwork for what begins in the 12th chapter of Genesis with the call of Abraham, the story that begins to unfold right there and reaches its climax when Jesus is born and dies on the cross and then goes on even further to that day when he comes again in glory. But we're not there yet. Today, we're still on the boat with Noah. And we're going to talk about what that last hymn and, and the last song that the praise team sang, and what really Kelly was talking about in the children's message. We're going to talk about God's faithfulness. And that's a great topic for right now. As we live in this pandemic, right? As we live not only in a world in transition, but a congregation in transition, as we say farewell to Kelly and Richard today, we, we are counting on God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness in their lives, 
and God's faithfulness in our life. Now, you know, faithfulness, in fact, God's faithfulness is what makes faith possible. Now, that is a picture that I took down the street from where we lived in Germany. It's right outside the grocery store, and I walked up, and here was this dog. And I want you to notice something. It's got a leash, but it's just laying there. Uh, that's strange. Look at this dog. I, I watched him for a few minutes, and then I went into the grocery store. And I think, well, how can that owner just leave the dog like that? And when I came out 20 minutes later, that's when I took the picture. Because he was standing in the same place. The owner trusted his dog because his dog was faithful. My friends, that's what enables us to trust God. That God is faithful. And boy, do we need that in this uncertain world. I mean, just look at the times we're in. I want you to think back to February and March. Can you remember it? (laughs) The economy was humming along. People's jobs were secure. People were planning trips Italy and cruises to Alaska and weddings. And then the pandemic came. And right now, many are hoping just to survive and to get through today and then tomorrow. And, and, and you know, that, that really ought not to surprise us, should it? Because that's the way it works in this world, right? Unexpected, unplanned, unwanted things happen all the time. Terrorists shoot up nightclubs or fly planes into buildings and everything changes. People we trust. Just like Kelly had us raise his hand and admit, break promises. Even parents who kids should be able to trust beyond all are sometimes abusive and harmful to their own children. And so things happen and things change and it's, a, and it's an uncertain world. Why doesn't God do something? Well, we may not always have a question to that why, an answer to that why. But we can always know that no matter what's happening, God is faithful. No matter what is uncertain, God remains certain. That's why why this story of Noah is such a special story because the story of Noah teaches us three very important things about God's faithfulness. The first is this, that God 
faithfully protects us. You know, in the, in the story, even in Genesis 7, even as we read that on the very day that all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were opened, that on that very day, Noah and his family and all those animals entered the ark. And then in verse 16, we read, we read that then the Lord shut him in. The Lord kept him safe. The Lord made sure that Noah and his family and those animals were protected. Now, that doesn't mean that it was wonderful on that boat. I'm sure there was some seasickness. There was some fear. Probably a lot of it. But even then, even at the moments when they were most afraid, God was still protecting them. And we, we know that. Luther taught us that, didn't he, in the, in the small catechism. That God defends us against all danger. Guards and protects us from all evil. That's the first article of the Apostles' Creed, Luther's explanation, right? Sometimes it's hard to believe that. I knew one man who really struggled with this. He'd had a really hard life as a child growing up. He and his mom had been abused by his father. A lot of things happened to him as an adult. As an adult, one of them was he got, he got falsely or wrongly arrested. And then the press got hold of it and destroyed his reputation in the local community. And only after it had been thoroughly ruined did the authorities admit, oh, we were wrong. And they dropped the charges. Didn't repair his reputation, though. And he said to me, where was God's protection? There can be times when we wonder. But folks, we've got to remember that God's protection has to do with eternity. God's protection takes a bigger view of things than we can. God's protection sees and knows things about our lives and our future and our world that you and I don't know. He sees the whole picture and he protects us with that in mind. He protects us with eternity in mind. Doesn't mean bad things won't happen. But even when they do, we can trust Him. And if you have any doubts about that, I want you to take a look. I want you to think about Jesus. I want you to think about the things that happened in His life. He was arrested for no good reason. 
They brought in people to lie at his trial. They declared him innocent three times and then sentenced him to die anyway. And then they took him out and they whipped him and they beat him and they crowned him with thorns and they nailed him to the cross. What got Jesus through that? I want you to think about his final words from the cross. They were words trusting in God's faithfulness. What did he pray? Father, into thy hand. I commit my spirit. Into the hands of the God who had allowed all that to happen to him, he trusted his father's faithfulness even then. And the father was faithful, right? For what does the Bible say? It says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is how we know that no matter what happens, God always faithfully protects us. Second thing, God faithfully remembers us. My favorite verse in Genesis 8, in the story of the flood, is Genesis 8, verse 1. See, after... They had been survived the worst storm in history, 40 days and 40 nights. Made Harvey look like a sprinkle. Right? After they had been shut up in the ark for over 150 days, not even able to look out a window because there were none. It's not open. At that moment when they were wondering, has God forgotten? Chapter 8, verse 1 says, God remembered Noah. And all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now there's a reason why those words mean a lot to me. God remembered. My mom had Alzheimer's. And as she slowly began to forget everything, when my sisters came and she didn't know who they were, When I came, and she didn't know who I was, 
I wondered, God, will she forget you? And somebody gave me these words. But God remembers. And then there's a verse from Isaiah that I love too. Can a mother forget the child she was born? Now that's meant to be a rhetorical question. That's meant for you to say, no, of course not. But that's what happened. But then look at the next words, right? Yet even should she forget, I will never forget you, says the Lord. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Now that was written by Isaiah, but we know what that really means, doesn't it? Because you and I, all of us, my mom included, are engraved on the palms of Jesus' hands where nails were driven through his hands into the cross, into his hands that died upon that cross that are alive forevermore. Those living hands carry those wounds. Your name, my name, my mom's name, written there for all eternity. God will not forget. Mom had Alzheimer's for five to seven years that we knew about. Probably had it longer. And there were times when I wondered, God, how long is this going to go on? Do you remember her? And then early one day in February, about eight years ago, Mom died. And these words came back. But God remembered that's what happened that day. He remembered her, and he took her home. Because God faithfully remembers us. And third, God faithfully keeps his promises. Even as God commands to build Noah to build an ark, God gives him his promises. He says, I'll establish my covenant, my promises with you, and you'll enter the ark. You'll endure, and you'll live through these hard days, and you'll do it knowing you have my promise. And about a year later, God said to him, to Noah and his family, come out of the ark. God kept his promise. And then we heard it, he made new promises. It's what the children's message was about today, right? Never again will I curse the ground because of man. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. And as a sign of that promise, he gave us the rainbow, right? Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it, he says. And remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures. Every rainbow is a reminder of God's faithfulness. And you know what? God has given you and me a sign. Actually, it's more than a sign. He's given us a sacrament. He says, you want to know 
that I will keep my promises. You want to know that I'm serious? Then come to my table. And in bread and wine, I will give you the body and blood of my son. That's what God says to you. And there in that bread and wine, you have my promise that I will keep for all eternity because this is how serious I am about those promises that I would give my own son, that he would sacrifice his life on the cross, that he would shed his blood so that you would know that no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. Folks, God has left us no doubt that we can trust him. So that in the end, when all is said and done, when somebody tells the story of your life or my life, as we're telling the story of Noah's life right now, that the lesson that comes out of our lives will be this. God keeps his promises. God is faithful. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.